Clinker Factor, the cement industry podcast. Welcome to The Clinker Factor, a podcast from WCA, which looks at the cement industry's response to climate change around the world and other topics of interest. I'm Ian Riley, CEO of WCA, and your host on The Clinker Factor. Before we get started today, I want to draw your attention to the 2023 WCA Annual Conference, which will be held on October the 24th and the 25th at Emirates Tower in Towers in Dubai. Early bird tickets are available until August the 31st, and we still have a few exhibitor slots available. We'll put a registration link in the episode notes. Today, I'm talking to two representatives from uh, European companies involved in uh, climate action. UpCatalyst is a startup based in Estonia that produces sustainable carbon nanomaterial and who's collaborating with a Norwegian geopolymer concrete manufacturer called SafeRock on a project to produce sustainable concrete in an alternative way. So uh, first of all, I, I'd like to uh, welcome Miriam Kim Rabis, a product developer and a shareholder at UpCatalyst. And secondly, uh, Inga-Lise Alsvik, a researcher at SafeRock. Uh, welcome both of you. And I, I wonder if I could just kick it off by asking each of you to introduce yourselves briefly and how you came to be in the positions you are, how you came to be involved in the companies that you're involved in. So Miriam Kim, perhaps we could start with you. Uh, hello, Ian, and uh, thank you very much for having us. My name is Miriam, and I am a product developer at UpCatalyst, as Ian mentioned, and my background is really in chemistry. So I actually did my undergraduate and master's studies in the UK in University of Glasgow, and after that started pursuing a career in chemistry, uh, joining really prominent startup in my home country of Estonia, UpCatalyst. And mainly because I was really fascinated by their mission to really push on sustainable development by producing sustainable carbon nanomaterials. And currently, I am also pursuing a PhD in the same topic. Well, great. And uh, Ingelise, can you introduce yourself? Yes, of course. Thank you so much for the introduction. Uh, I'm Ingelise Altwick. I am a scientific researcher in uh, SafeRock. I also have a background in chemistry. I have a PhD in chemical engineering. After that, I um, did some uh, environmental work before I heard uh, about the opening in SafeRock. So that's how I ended up in SafeRock. I think it's interesting to, to try to make a change. And um, that's what we try to do here. Yeah. Uh, so perhaps we could start by just getting each of you in turn to uh, uh, introduce uh, your companies and, and the technologies that you're dealing with. So, so Ingelise, uh, with, with SafeRock, you're a geopolymer company. Can you tell us a bit about what's different about your technology? So what's different about our technology, we are doing alkali activation. We have no port on cement in our concrete. So I think what differs us from others is that we are, our main product is mine tailings. Uh, so we're doing kind of doing waste management. We also do use some other industrial waste. But I think it's interesting that we are kind of between two industries. It's the concrete industry, but it's also the mineral industry. And both of these industries have environmental challenges. For example, the concrete industry has the CO2 uh, issue, and our product has a 80% reduction in CO2. Uh, but also with the mineral industry, there's a big issue with the buildup of mine tailing, like the waste from the process. And we can use this uh, waste to something good. And we are currently focusing on the mine tailings from a local mine in Norway called Titania. 
but we also believe this technology can be used in, in other mines. What kind of minerals are being mined in the mine? Ilmenite mine, it's like titanium oxide. Okay, great. With your technology, what uh, what do you think are the most promising applications for it? At least what we're like starting up with is like uh, we want to do pre-cut products first, like slabs and paving stones. Uh, these are simple applications and a good place to start to like enter the market. However, our, our ambition is to develop many other products and we uh, have that in mind when we're looking at like different properties uh, like rheology and, and strength. So we want to have a portfolio. Miriam Kim, can I ask you to introduce uh, UpCatalyst, the technology and the company? Of course. So as mentioned before, UpCatalyst is a producer of sustainable carbon materials, including carbon nanotubes, but also, for example, carbon nanospheres and graphite. And now talking about the carbon nanotubes more precisely, I think it's a widely known fact by now that they are sort of a super material. Um, they have incredibly high tensile strength. They're even 100 times stronger than steel. So obviously they have a lot of very promising applications in numerous different fields and in industry. However, the issue with the carbon uh, nanotubes that are produced currently for the market today is that they are usually produced from petrochemical sources, so using, for example, natural gas uh, as feedstock, and also using very high carbon emission and high energy accompanied processes, like, for example, the chemical vapor deposition. So that's what's really innovative about our company, is that we have actually developed a technology that you can use to produce the carbon nanotubes sustainably and using CO2 as a feedstock. So it's really an incredible method of a double whammy in terms of climate action. So on one hand, you are sequestering harm from CO2 from the atmosphere and you're storing it as the carbon nanotubes. But then at the same time, carbon nanotubes are so important in many of the applications that we need to drive forward the green energy transition, such as electric vehicle batteries and lithium-ion batteries, uh, also construction and so on. Okay, so in terms of applications, then uh, obviously we're going to talk about the construction or the concrete application uh, today, but there, there are other things, as you mentioned, that uh, battery technologies and so on that, that the nanotubes are being used for. Yes, so the use cases for carbon nanotubes are almost endless, so they can provide uh, more stability and strength to many materials that they're added to. So for that reason, they're often used in, in composites, in paints and coatings, but mainly really area that needs carbon nanotubes the most is the battery industry, where they're used as a conductive additive. So they can make batteries more um, long lasting and, and more effective in the long term. Okay. Can you tell me uh, about your connection with SafeRock and how it was that you chose this application uh, to work together? Definitely. So we are involved uh, with SafeRock since last year. And it all started with a project called Norway Grants Green ICT Program. So this is a program that really aims to stimulate and develop long-term business cooperation between Estonia and Norway. And they're also really focused on sustainable growth. 
So uh, we applied uh, for funding from this program and we saw that Safe Rock uh, was doing such uh, great and amazing things and quite close to us in Norway. So we proposed to apply together and we were successful in, in getting the grant and this is how our journey together started. Okay. You've been working on a project together. Can you describe that a little bit? Of course. So our project focuses on the development of sustainable concrete where basically, well, both from the Safe Rock side, uh, we are dealing with a sustainable geopolymer concrete. And from UpCatalyst side, we are adding a sustainable carbon nanotube additives. And the idea behind it is that not only are both uh, products sustainable, but also by combining both of them, we can actually make the concrete uh, up to... Um, twice as strong and hopefully in the future use 50% less of it. So that is a great way to actually lower the carbon emissions of, of the construction industry. Okay, thanks. So Ingelise, if I could uh, ask you, I understand that one of the things that is a, a challenge in using carbon nanotubes in concrete is the way in which it's incorporated. Can you tell us a, a little bit about the challenges there and, and how you've addressed those? It's important that the nanotubes are like dispersed when they come into the slurry. So you don't want to have clusters of nanotubes that would have a decrease in strength and properties of the concrete. Uh, so you want to have them dispersed. And of course, the slurry is a highly um, high pH. So yeah, so we're working on the dispersion and try to have them uh, evenly uh, distributed in within the the concrete. Yeah. And how do you do that? Don't don't they tend to stick together? Yes, I'd love to shed a little bit of light on the dispersion making process uh, as what I'm really focused on uh, in UpCatalyst in any case. So the issue with carbon nanotubes is that carbon is quite nonpolar, which means that the carbon nanotubes themselves are quite uh, hydrophobic, so they don't tend to uh, disperse so well in water. So we need to use a few methods to really help us get a stable and evenly dispersed solution. So one really important technique that we're using is ultrasonication that actually allows to disperse the agglomerates of carbon nanotubes in the solution evenly. And then in order to stabilize uh, said carbon nanotubes, we are also working very closely with this different companies that are providing dispersing agents and adding those dispersing agents to our solutions to then stabilize the carbon nanotubes that have been mixed into it. And we have done a lot of research and development in this field and have now reached recipes uh, that allow us to produce uh, stable and effective carbon nanotube dispersions. Okay, so uh, giving to uh, Safrock to add to the geopolymer is already dispersed, is that, is that right? Exactly. Okay. Ingelise, if I could come back to you, you could tell us a little bit about the uh, results of making the concrete on the, on the project that you've been working on. Uh, were, you, uh, were you satisfied with the results? What, what did you learn? So we learned that uh, we can see uh, quite a large increase in stre uh, compressive strength from adding those uh, carbon nanotubes. And also, um, especially in the early stages, which uh, could be uh, like helping initiate the geopolymer process. And um, this is also important for us to have a, early, a good early strength 
So I've done many, many tests with different concentrations and different uh, recipes from our side. And uh, we've seen that there is a uh, effect on the strength. So, and then we will continue with another project where we'll look more into the durability because we find this very interesting. Like literature tells us that uh, the carbon nanotubes will improve the durability of the dual polymer concrete, which is of course very important for us. So I, th I think this uh, uh, leads us into the second project that you're working together on, which I think is it, focusing on improving some of the application properties. Uh, so you, you mentioned uh, durability. Uh, are there other properties that you're working to improve on this second project? Yes. So uh, the first project really focused more on improving the strength of the concrete with carbon nanotube additives. In the second project, as you mentioned, we are focusing on durability and, and also on water permeability because we're really interested in applications where the sustainable concrete could be used underwater. So we have seen from literature, well, first of all, that the carbon nanotubes can actually bridge micro cracks in the concrete. And also there is evidence to support that they create a matrix inside the concrete, which could make it more difficult for chloride ions to migrate inside it and in turn make it less water permeable. So I think it's a really interesting application, again, in driving forward the green energy transition. So using more water permeable geopolymer concrete, for example, in, in the foundations of offshore wind parks. Yeah, so when, and that really brings us to, uh, you, you know, the cooperation and your location there uh, uh, on the uh, on the Baltic or the North Sea. I mean, there's obviously an awful lot of offshore wind uh, going in in this area. And uh, it's a, a little bit perhaps a symbol of the, the cooperation for various uh, Northern European countries. Is, is this something that is a driver in, in uh, either of your companies or both of your companies? Ingalise, do you want to comment first i'm not sure i understand the question if the, if it's a driver for the uh... i i was uh, wondering if you you know it, in a startup companies or in startup companies generally people are very passionate about what they're doing and um, obviously both of you are involved in in companies that are addressing the climate change problem and and uh, trying to find ways to help with the action that's being taken on the on the climate um i wondered whether there's also a, a sort of european aspect to this to, to the spirit within the company this idea that you're cooperating uh, with other northern european countries yeah i think that's uh, it, especially like i'm from norway it's a small country right and on the tip of uh, uh, europe and europe um, needs to uh, work together to have like a good technology development i would say maybe uh, for europe it's also very important with the the mine tailings issue right so uh, we need to have a good source of minerals to have the green shift uh, for the future. And the biggest issue, at least in Norway, is like when they, we want to start a mine, we also have a lot of problems what to do with mine tailings, right? So uh, if we can um, make that into something useful, like uh, within Europe, I think that's good for the area. Miriam Kim, did you want to comment on that? Uh, yes, so I think you really uh, captured our mission very well by saying that as a sustainable company, we are really interested in, in other sustainable change as well. So I think really a very important part of Upcatalyst is to be a, a critical raw material provider for all those different companies uh, that are trying to move towards uh, green electricity. So be it 
uh, electric vehicles or or offshore wind. I think everything that can take us there is is equally important to us. Just going back to the project for a second, I had a couple of um, specific questions that I, I wanted to ask. And Ingalise, maybe I could ask you first. When you incorporate the geopolymers into the concrete, you see an improvement in the strength. Is there a greater improvement in the flexural strength than the compressive strength? In other words, is it changing the sort of elasticity of the concrete? Uh, so actually, we haven't uh, started testing flexural strength yet. So this is phase two, the new project. For now, it's been a compressive strength. I had a conversation with uh, Harry Harry Kumar of uh, Chasm, is also a carbon nanotube producer. It, it seemed to me that what he was describing was quite similar to UHPC, where you have the uh, steel fibers in the concrete, which, which has a, a big impact on um, flexural strength and uh, uh, really changes almost the nature of the way that the concrete behaves. So I think this is quite an interesting aspect of uh, uh, adding carbon nanotubes or other what should we say, long thin materials to um, concrete. And, and when, when you look, and, and I'm not sure if may, perhaps both of you would like to answer this from your different perspectives, but when you look at where you are at the moment uh, with this uh, cooperative project and, and the technology involved, how would you judge where you are in terms of a technical readi readiness level? How close are you to having something that is uh, commercially feasible or commercially is ready for commercialization? Yeah, I can answer first for our side. So SafeRock is currently building a pilot factory in the southern part of Norway. Um, it's located close to our main office, so in the Savanger area. And the plan is to have a capacity up to 20,000 ton a year for the geopolymer binder. And we plan to have production of products by the end of the year. Okay, thank you. Miriam Kim. Yes, yeah, so from the upcatalyst side, uh, we are also uh, in the process of scaling up and hopefully not too far uh, behind SafeRock. I think that's one of the real benefits of our collaboration that we're moving quite in tune with each other. So we are actually finishing um, the construction of our demonstration pilot reactor that is uh, housed in a marine shipping container at the end of the summer. And we are also crafting plans for building our first pilot factory, uh, which should be is then planned for, for, let's say, the end of next year. Okay, well, thank you both very much for talking to me today. It's been a, a, an interesting uh, conversation, and I, I'm struck by the way in which you've looked at different aspects of uh, how this project can contribute to the climate. Uh, so, uh, Miriam Kim and uh, Ingalise, uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Clinker Factor podcast today. If you've enjoyed it, do subscribe and please recommend us uh, to friends and colleagues and anyone else who you think would be interested in what's happening in the cement and concrete industry around the world. WCA is a not-for-profit company and please visit our website to see the services that we offer 